Here's the real killer. It took the debt ceiling out to the January 1, 2025, a year longer than the Republican bill proposed. Here's a piece of information for your viewers. I just heard it tonight from the speaker in the conference. He said the reason that happened was his call. It wasn't even asked for by, by the Democrats. He didn't want to end up in another negotiation with Joe Biden next year because he believed that they would ask for more. That's what he said. I, that's, you understand that's a four trillion, maybe five or six trillion dollar increase in debt that we just let him have and the speaker says he made the call. Well, that's why the, the starting point in this negotiation, which Speaker McCarthy insisted on, was that we would postpone facing this again at least until the end of next year. Yeah, so uh, we were in conference the other day and Kevin admitted that he was the one that made that call. And he said he made that call because he thought we might be in a weaker position as a party uh, next year. It was Kevin McCarthy all the way. He told us that personally in conference. McCarthy did this because the party would be weaker a year from now. Remember, let's go back to the original deal, $1.5 trillion and or, you know, March, April, May, whenever the deal got done, one year. So he's saying in May, let me wait, let me think this through, let's think this through together. In May of 2024, the party's gonna be weaker. Well, how can the party be weaker? Let me think about that. We got the leverage. So let me think, let me, th oh, that's right. It's the end of the primary. I told you, this was 100% to take the leverage away from Donald J. Trump. The party will be weaker because Trump will be the nominee. They just gave Joe Biden a clean debt ceiling. It's quite clear what happened now, and McCarthy has got to go. And Kevin McCarthy, just understand this. You're going to go. You might not go tomorrow, but you're going to go. You cannot govern. We're not chasing Chris Ray today, and we're not going to chase J6. They're going to happen in the time they happen. Ecclesiastes, there's a season for everything and a time for everything. This is not the time for that. This is the time for saving the country financially and economically, and we're not gonna let bad, stupid, evil people like McCarthy and that group of hacks around him sell this nation out on your money. You're heard on that audio saying that you've, quote, had enough with President Trump and that you would tell him to his face, it would be your belief that he should resign. Do you still stand by those comments? Look, I never told the president to resign. It was a conversation that we had about scenarios going forward. We came together as a team in 2015. We put together an agenda. We are executing that agenda. We're getting it done. We are in a battle. We are in a battle. We the people are against snakes, vipers, swamp creatures and the globalists as they step in to continue to to push their agendas and their agenda is none other than to make sure they take care of themselves and the rest of us get flushed down the toilet it's what it looks like and when you see the clips that we just played, it, 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 it really, when we've seen bits and pieces of who they really were, who they really are, Kevin McCarthy, 
he is who we thought he was. We thought maybe after he got exposed uh, for backstabbing the president and what we clearly see now and know, understand, and, and understand now, J6 was a big setup. And it was used to give an advantage to swamp creatures like him to give him a reason to do what he wanted to do, an excuse to do what he wanted to do, which is to backstab we the people. Now, when it comes down to MTG, I don't know what it is, what they got on her, what, how they reach her, but it's clearly some way or another they reach her. And it appears she's making her power move. And it ain't it ain't in, in, in our best interest what she's pushing us, going along with this bill, signing on with this. Jim Jordan, one of our biggest fighters. Well, we know what it is. When you you tossing around trillions of dollars. They're looking at, well, if I get enough pork in it for my people and my circle, I'm going to be all right. My family going to be all right for generations. And sadly, that's what it looks like. Could it be more? I mean, because MTG, all the fighting she's done, She's been on the side of, you know, not really uh, caring how much money that she's losing or would stand to lose as a business owner, fighting for our freedoms, fighting for our liberty. But, you know, it comes a time where we're just going to have to really, we're going to go through some really uh, tough times ahead of us. But it's in, in times like this that God gets the glory. God um, gets elevated because it's times like that that we, we it looks like we're going to go through that we call on his name all the more. Uh, time of re- revival often comes through great persecution. And the things that, you know, we're going to talk about tonight, it's going to, uh, it, you know, for some, it might be a reminder, uh, but to many that are starting to wake up to what's going on, um, and, and you know they're gonna they're gonna see some information tonight, and hear some things that is really gonna be eye opener, and um, hopefully that is the case. Cause I don't want to just be preaching to the choir, I don't want to just be talking to the in the echo chamber. What I know big big tech tries to get us into, um, but I want um, what we talk about tonight to go abroad. 
um, and wake up the people that aren't woke, awaken. I tell you, I, was, I had a conversation uh, with with a guy pretty well to do um, earlier uh, this week, a couple of days ago. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. There's a lot of people that still have not waken up. They're concerned about having a, a president that looks presidential. <laughs> Even though what we have now is far from looking presidential because you don't want weakness being displayed from a president. But they're, they're so caught up in the language and the conversation that they are, uh, you know, are concerned. I hope my volume is okay because it looks like it's not going through the mic. But anyway, let me see before we, before we get too far in in here uh but just 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 hold on we're about to get in we're about to get into some things and expose some things about the crypt uh this digital currency um the information that we found um we've been talking about it for over a year now but it looks like we're right on the brink of it uh taking place well, welcome, 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 patriots, saints, friends, and family to the Apostolic Conservative Show. I am your host, Will Jones, and I am mighty glad to have you with us as we're in episode 534, A Nation Free Falling. Yeah. This debt ceiling, no matter how they spin it and what they've come together on, they've added trillions of trillions of dollars onto the debt ceiling. The things you're going to the grocery store to purchase now just just exponentially went up. Just went went up. Not because they avoided um uh uh you know default on loans but the simple fact that we added on to the loan debt. And there are countries that are pulling out of using our currency. There's a group in the BRICS, uh, nations called BRICS, that came together with Brazil, Australia, China, um, and several other in Africa, over 30 different African nations that are in this BRICS. And, you know, it's, it's troubling because there are many that are already in negotiation with using the Chinese uh, one for their currency. We're going and it, it this is gonna get ugly before it gets better. So just prepare yourselves, guys. Just prepare yourselves. Uh, let's go on into this uh, next video um, from the war room. Steve when the back. New York Times, Congressman Burchett, when the New York Times this afternoon, which you think would be celebratory with what Biden pulled off and what Hakeem Jeffries pulled off is actually a warning. I mean, they said this bill does nothing to address spending and they start off with the $50 trillion in, in 10 years. Uh, it's a real warning. 
Um, we're we're a hundred days away. We're going to have a clash at the end of this fiscal year, September thirtieth. It's coming, and that is going to be the same thing. They said, "Oh, they're going to make some cuts in appropriations," but you're going to have this whole thing about a CR. They're talking about. By the way, the the, the bill that passed with the, going to have the seven trillion and six point eight trillion in spending and the four four trillion over the next two years in deficit minimum. They're already talking about supplements. Talking about a defense supplement. Talking about a supplement for Ukraine. Talking about maybe some emergency supplements. The supplements are going to come. There's there's it's the spending's unbound right now. Do you feel confident? That leadership dealt straight with you and more importantly with the folks in your district uh, that could lead a tough fight that you're going to need at the end of this fiscal year so that we stop the madness of the omnibuses and the CRs. Because I'm telling this audience that is hurtling down, uh, you know, and I'd love the regular order to doing appropriations, but the CR omnibus madness is going to overwhelm us unless you have tough, focused leadership, sir. I believe they understand it fully. They do not trust government. They do not at this point. A lot of my folks don't trust either party. I was in a a county and over in Middle Tennessee, I was asked to speak at a Reagan Day dinner last night in um in White County. And they um it's over near uh upon the Pl- Cumberland Plateau, just a little bit outside of Albany York country as they call it. And uh that was about the number one question. And say, why are we doing what we're doing if this is what we're going to get? And I honestly didn't have a good answer for him other than to say, well, your congressman, um, Congressman Rose and myself, we both voted against it, as did the majority of the Tennessee congressional delegation. But I just think we're we're in a mess. We are in a mess. Um, we we have no clear answer for this. We and I, if you break it just down to the simple things like. Um, you know, the folks that are on, we, we're increasing the number of people on food stamps. Um, we got $32 trillion in debt. If we'd have just gone back to fiscal spending prior to COVID, and I've stated this many times, I was on like one of these Scripps Howard things. I always go on these liberal sites. You know, the Bible talks about casting your pearls among the swine. I guess I was, I was, I was asked <laughs> deep in the swine on that one. But, uh, you know, they asked me and I, uh, all this stuff. And I just said, you know, we are we're 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 in a mess in this country. And I just don't think they the people something on the left are, are are getting a full grasp or maybe they understand it better than we do. They understand. I think that now these uh, these Marxists that are that are behind the strings, behind the screen, pulling some of these strings, um, they want to destroy this country and they are. They're doing a darn good job of it right now. They want to destroy this country. And I think they are weak Republicans, weak leaders that have just decided, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want them fight. I don't want them coming after my family. I don't want them coming and intervening and, and preventing me uh, from my preventing my children uh, from going to these prestigious colleges and universities. I want them to be able to go to my alma mater. And you know what? 
they're saying screw the rest of us as long as they take care of them. That's why more than ever now, we've got to get involved. Now is our time. Now is our time to stand up and rise up. When our founders of this great country um, got their liberties uh, from the great Great Britain, from the British monarchs and all, when they got got their freedom, there was only 6% of them that rose up and pushed back from tyranny. And they fought and they fought until they got their liberty, their freedom. We're in a warfare. This is war. It's new age war. It's not traditional war. It hasn't gone kinetic. But what it has, it has been effectively causing destruction subtly, subtly within the United States of America. It has. We see it over and over. Even on so several uh, social media sites as we try to get information out. It seems like an uphill battle. And as we fight and we push and we see um, so much of the censorship, we have to be emboldened still to fight on because the miraculous happens. God uses the remnant to work miracles, to bring things to pass that you could never imagine. I don't know where the United States is in the end times, but I do know as we, we who believe in the word of God, we that have faith, we that are exercising our faith, we have to continue to exercise it as we encourage others uh, because if we do not, then we, we shortly will descend into uh, China. In fact, it is because we have resisted the way that we have that has these swamp creatures, these deep state actors trembling. They're very concerned. They are very concerned about what's going on. Because President Trump activated people like us. They had to do so much to try to stop him. How to try to hinder him. They lied. They cheated. They stole. They, they did so many crooked ways, and yet God still allowed them to win. And I, I believe a lot of that because of the, the innocent babies' lives that have been saved. The millions that have been saved just over, the, over his four-year term. And so many others 
uh, that ended up with liberty and freedom and experiencing life. But it woke up, it awakened so many of us that were just truck drivers, just uh, nurses, just doctors, just business owners, landscape, entrepreneurs, just all kind of position. People started paying attention that we were winning like never before because policy matters. And we got to keep on. We got to keep on keeping on. Don't lose hope. Don't lose heart. I know we, we had defectors that signed this into law against we the people. Don't give up. Don't give in. Let's keep fighting. We got a couple of more videos we want to get to. So hold on tight. The MyPillow 2.0 commercial. Miss makeup. Well, you look good. And action. You're sleeping even better. We've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. It's a great name for a brother. Cut. We got it. Welcome to the set of the MyPillow 2.0, the most amazing pillow in history. That new technology is still the MyPillow's patented fill. And now we have new technology we didn't have back when I invented MyPillow that's going to help you sleep. It's absolutely amazing, and you're the first ones that can check it out. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code on your screen, and we brought back the buy one, get one free. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Once again, for our podcast listeners, uh, please use promo code APCO Show, APCO Show, when you go to my pillow. Let's transition right on in. Uh, to this uh, Glenn Beck uh, video. Th now, th let me say this. This Glenn Beck video that we're about to watch, it is from last year. And I'm telling you guys, Glenn Beck is, continues to be on the cutting edge of information and willing to speak about things that other mainstream medias will not talk about. He's been one of my favorite for a long time uh, to listen to. And so I want to go uh, to this clip of him uh, talking about this digital currency and uh, what their their agenda is. And we're actually living in what he was talking about coming. Uh, we're living in it right now. So check this out. Ago, during the chaos or serious crisis of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Biden felt the timing was oh so perfect to announce a new executive order on cryptocurrencies. Now, some would say the timing here was weird, but you and I know the exact timing on this is exactly what they wanted. The end of the executive order is what's most interesting. It says, quote, explore a U.S. central bank digital currency, CBDC, 
by placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States CBDC should issuance be deemed in national interest. Now, Biden can't force the Fed to start implementing a digital dollar, but he can urge them into action by declaring it a priority. Uh huh. This is what he's announcing. He's also trying to make it appear as if this is something new, as if the Fed hasn't already been working on it, and our Treasury Department. Spoiler alert, it's almost already here and done. Biden requested progress report within the next six months. That means we could see something major by as early as September. If they're already doing behind the scenes work, uh, you know, as Biden says, it's uh, it's going to be scary because there already has been a lot of work. We got it all ready to roll out. Let me show you a collaborative effort between the Boston Fed and MIT. They have already claimed to have created the code for the U.S. digital dollar. It's called Project Hamilton. It's out in the open. The name is significant as Hamilton was the first to advocate for a central bank. Make no mistake, the digital dollar is all about centralization and control. That's why they say in these projects, why they say we can't use blockchain because we need to be able to see it's the opposite of what digital currencies like Bitcoin were created for. Keep in mind, Biden's executive order a couple of weeks ago asked the Fed to solve the digital dollar puzzle. But the Fed has already announced they've solved it. You can go to their website and even collaborate on code writing. The entire 35-page white paper is published online. So what did they come up with? It's exactly what we feared it would be. Blockchain makes Bitcoin a juggernaut in privacy and decentralization, but the new digital dollar doesn't use blockchain. The Hamilton system, controlled by the Fed, verifies all transactions. There would be a record of everything you spend your money on. Okay. There'd be no privacy. Okay. And the Fed is your banker. There would also be no auditing of what the Fed does with the money. They could generate $10 trillion and give it to Hunter Biden and no one would ever know. Well, there would be a rush on hookers and cocaine, so we might figure that one out. Financial experts are already screaming that this will be the end of the banking system. If you've already tried to decouple from the large banks and gone to local small banks and credit unions, the digital dollar will destroy them. Now, with that said, also the big banks. But who cares? Because the big banks just have fancy names like Bank of America. They're all owned by the Fed. It's one group. This audience helped tank the appointment of Biden's uh, secretary of tre- or her, uh, his treasury pick, uh, Saul Almorova. She had written papers on the need to end the banking system. She wanted to make the Fed the issuer of all bank loans. Well, if the Fed is your banker and small banks would die a painful death, uh, I, I guess that job could be done. We didn't know at the time if she would have done it if appointed because we didn't know about Project Hamilton. Almorova was forced to withdraw, but the system is being built regardless. I said earlier that central bank digital currencies are essential for the Great Reset. The digital dollar is the 
ultimate enforcement mechanism for anyone who doesn't go along with whatever they say. This is the Canadian system that they used against the truck drivers, except they don't need any special emergency orders. Last year, the Bank of England asked Parliament to clarify how they wanted their digital currency to operate. More specifically, if it should be programmable. What does that mean? Well, that means the government can tell the central bank to restrict people from purchasing certain things. Or if they want to get the, the, uh, the economy going, hey, there's time limit on that money that you have in the bank. It's all going to disappear by midnight tomorrow night. So go out and shop. Or we can do things for health. Those sugary drinks are making people fat, and you're kind of fat because we have all your records, so no more soda for you. Guns are a threat. Don't worry. We'll just shut off all of the coins that would be used to buy ammunition. It's happening. It's happening right before our eyes. The ESG agenda, the 2030 agenda, where these globalist elitists have made up in their mind that the rest of us are going to be slaves. And there are some that have positioned themselves and decided that it's going to happen so they might as well take care of their families. There's report uh, that came out today that one of these banks that he was talking about, uh, PNC, is getting ready to close 30 of their branches, or 29, but the depth of the bank branch, PNC announces it was shut nearly 30 branches after First Republic said it is do, it is closing a quarter of its locations is your state affected so it goes on you can find this and other links uh, that we've uh, put in the description of the show so if you want to check out that uh, link to see uh, how your state is affected but uh, the great portion of this is in um, the DC area but what what I really believe is going on is this is about land grab. This is about them taking over uh, land in eminent domain. If you look in in every major city, these big corporations of fund investing companies, BlackRock, Vanguard. You see that they allow people to get in charge that do nothing but run the cities down. They run them down to the ground. People run, leaving. Businesses leave. And then you know what they do? They sweep right on in there to buy up new properties as the value, property values have gone down. And then you know what they do in just a few years? 
because these are, are, are businesses that have been around a hundred years or so. And they have other smaller uh, fund investment companies that invest in them. Shares, buying shares through them. Who are on board with this, this strategy. And they go right back in there after the cities have been depleted, destroyed, ran to the ground by Democrat policies. And then they go in and buy up the properties. Yeah. Over and over it's happened uh, for decades. And I'm going to go back to a video clip um, that from last night's guest that was on, uh, Nate Kane, who's a whistleblower. Um, if you guys haven't seen that, you need to go back, watch it. Two hours of epic information uh, just continued to be dropped uh, by Nate Kane, who's running for office and uh uh, for Congress and uh, and up in uh, West Virginia in District Two, so uh, I want you guys to check out uh, this because he alluded to something that is going to be uh, pretty epic. Um, and if we can get uh, people to get behind it and get in in there and push this type of agenda, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something we need. All right. address this issue maybe for some things they are but for this particular issue i don't think they are and i'll tell you why when you see congressmen and you see uh judges going against their history um you know like in other words they've had a historical record of you know judging a, you know in a way that is consistent with the constitution and now all of a sudden they're going woke or you see you know a congressman uh, who's been a conservative and all of a sudden he starts voting liberal um, I get very suspicious when I see that sort of thing. And there's uh, one word that comes to mind and that is blackmail. Knowing what they have the ability to spy on and what they have the ability to see. Uh, and we know that they've used that to spy on people like the chief justice of the Supreme court. Yes. Uh, we, know, we know that the, um, based on the Chuck Grassley's, uh, uh, release document that, uh, the CIA was spying on the house and Senate Intel committees to look for whistleblowers. The fact is, is they're using tools that give them access to basically everything that we do with one of these. Okay. Everything that we do online. Uh, and, and they, when you have that kind of access, uh, you can find out a lot of dirt on people. And so, you know, Jagger Hoover was known for having dirt on everybody. I think that the FBI is probably uh, far exceeded what Jagger Hoover was capable of doing. And when you have that level of corruption and that level of blackmail that's likely occurring within the uh, DOJ and FBI, uh, I think it's it's time to clean it up and How, and, and in their use of those tools. I, I, I know you, you've given us a lot of your time and stuff, so I, I'm, I'm going to be mindful of that. But how do we rein that back in? Because I'm telling you, when I, when I see things like um, MTG, Jim Jordan, supporting a bill that is clearly against we the people this is this is the type of thing i've been saying for a long time you know that the patriot act uh under the bushes gave access 
uh, to you know many ways for them to, to to spy on us outside of what we we clearly know is you know uh, against us uh, a constant uh, a contrary to our our, our uh, constitution. But then I've been talking about this for months now. I mean, over the last couple of years that this is where we at when they continue to say there's no standing when it comes down to election uh, and the yeah. lack thereof and integrity. They continue to say no no standing. I fully believe that it's because of the surveillance that has been going on uh, for right. so, such a long time. It's weaponized against us. How do we bring this back in? So Already? Article 1, Article mm -hmm. one, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution affords the Congress to be able to appoint what's called an Article One Tribunal. That tribunal uh, makes its way, you know, the, we've seen it before. We have one right now. It's called the U.S. Tax Court. Uh, it is an Article One Tribunal. Uh, we can do that ourselves as a Congress. We have to have a simple majority in both houses. And um, what it would require, what I think needs to happen is we need one of these set up to address this issue, it, this issue of government abuse of power and the weaponization of the federal government, it's a good start that they have with uh, these committees, but it is not enough if all they ever do is expose it unless they actually adjudicate it, meaning people go to jail for abusing their power, uh, then it will continue to happen and nothing will change. And so what's unique about this Article One tribunal is that the uh, judges are appointed by the um, they're chosen they're chosen by the uh, by the Congress, and so you could pick judges that are not part of the judicial system. You know, this could be maybe retired admirals or retired judges or people who are not likely being bribed and and uh, blackmailed right now. And the whole point is to clean up the system. Uh, and they're not permanent appointees either; they're temporary. So once the the court has done what it's supposed to do then uh, you can reduce their salaries down to zero to make this court go away. I'm not for growing the, you know, the federal government. But in this case, I think we need a specialized court uh, that is there. You know, the, the federal government has the FISA, or it has the FISC, right? The, fe the Federal Intelligence uh, Surveillance Court. Uh, and, and it has, we have very little oversight into it. Uh, I think what we need is we need another court that is set up specifically to monitor and adjudicate abuses of power, uh, you know, in in a surveillance world of our federal government, and then you take things like also too. Let's not forget about January sixth, and um, all these people that are rotting in jail, uh, you know, for two years uh, that have been denied their due process, uh, that have been uh, held without bail, held without a speedy trial, held without a trial of their peers, uh, not been offered counsel. Uh, these these people who are involved in this. Uh, involved in this travesty of American justice, they need to go to jail themselves. Honestly, they need to be prosecuted uh, to the fullest extent of the law. Because this is the thing, when you are somebody that has a position of power in the public trust, I believe they need to be held to a higher standard than everybody else because they have power. And that is the only way that we can stop this from happening again. Uh, it is a travesty what is going on right now in Washington, D.C., we have political prisoners that are being kept in conditions that are what I would liken to what we see in third world countries with dictators. Uh, this has to stop. And, the uh, and I intend to make it a huge part of my uh, of my campaign and a huge part of my 
uh, career, even if short-lived in, in the Congress. Um, the other thing too that I That's what we need. That would be amazing to have a court that is made up of people who are out of the line, like judges that, you know, are not beholden, if, if that's possible, um, to anyone, and that will be willing to, uh, to handle these cases that will be willing to look at the evidence, let it be open uh, access. And, but as many as they, as, I imagine as mo the moment they become open access will be the moment uh, that, you know, they get in the limelight and be known by everybody. And then uh, more than likely uh, people will be coming at like them and stuff. So it's, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I would like to see that something to that degree affect. You know, I know um, we had a guest on here uh, that uh, talked about, um, um, oh, God, what was it? Oh, my goodness. I can't think of the name of it, but basically holding court ourselves. Um, and there's provisions in the Constitution where we could have uh i cannot think of the name of it right now it'll come to me in a moment probably be too late um what is it let me see if i can scroll back through through our page to see if i can find it um civil it's called civil i think it's civil something Tactical Civics, that's what it was, um, episode 518. And this, uh, Jennifer had, uh came on, and she was bringing up this information about uh, tactical civics um, and pertaining to the local level. So this could be something really epic. All right, uh, guys. We're going to go ahead and get ready to get out of here. I did want to bring up one more thing. Uh, information came out today um, about um, uh, about entertainer and uh, actor, singer, uh, really uh, another one that has failed uh, uh, casualty uh, to COVID. And I missed that word. I just, <laughs> I just saw that word, the word on it. But um, anyway, uh, Jordan Sather put out a post about Jamie Foxx, uh, who is in bad shape, um, paralyzed, and uh, with uh, blood clots to his brain, just in a bad situation right now, health wise. You hate to see that happen to anybody, but, you know, they took money to push this narrative, and uh, this stuff is bad, and, and that's why I told you, you know, 
as the economy gets worse and then we start seeing uh, people start realizing who jumped in these lines to get these vaccines, uh, we're gonna start re they're going to start realizing that it's what's causing them to have all these problems amputations and all kind of stuff from blood circulation problems, clotting, myocarditis. Saw a report the other day where a baby, a baby was diagnosed with myocarditis. And as this continues to go on, there are going to be people that are enraged behind this. They're going to be people that are ready to riot, to loot. And especially as we see these food lines, food pantry lines continue to grow. Where people are, you know, just their money is not going far enough. And what the government is giving them is not helping them enough. It's a reality of where we're at. So just prepare yourselves. Hi, my name is Jim Meehan. I'm a medical doctor. I'm the CEO of Meehan MD. What I'm here to talk to you about today is getting started on a health journey that is not being done in the United States today. The broken healthcare system is something I left a long time ago so that I could teach you to become a scientist of your own health. I created the Mindset Framework for Health. Mindset is an acronym that um, guides us in the seven key elements of health. We wanna focus on M, the microbiome, and your mind-body connection. We wanna talk about I, the inflammation control in your body. N is for nutrition, D, detoxification, S is sleep, E is exercise and T is total hormone balance. If we don't get those seven key elements in line, optimized, uh, working for you instead of against you, I'm not the pill for every ill business model. I left that a long time ago. We've created something better here at MeNMD. We're guiding you on a journey to optimal health by helping you focus on those seven key mindset elements to take you to a place in your health that you've never been before because you've only had doctors that wanted to spend a few minutes with you prescribing a pill for that symptom that you have. I believe in using nutrition and exercise and lifestyle changes and targeted supplementation and getting your hormones in optimal balance, ending all of the things that are driving your health into the dirt. I want to take you out of that and I want you to grow, get strong, get healthy. Go to MeehanMD.com and get started with this. Just click on the let's get started button and you can download information about um, how to treat COVID-19, how to end inflammation, how to start your health journey. You want to lose weight? You want to get your hormones balanced? Come to MehanMD.com. As usual, those on the podcast uh, across the platforms, please use promo code APCOSHOW if you'd like to support um, the Apostolic Conservative Show. Also, um, we still have uh, merch that you can order on our website. Um, as you go um, to our website by scanning the QR code on your screen, and then uh, you can check out our various uh, groups of merch um, that we have on there. We have some new products 
Uh, we love for you guys uh, to support us uh, when you go uh, to our apostolicconservatives.com uh, website. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, remember uh, to make honey great again uh, by uh, ordering your supply of make honey great again. Use promo code APCOSHOW, A-P-C-O SHOW. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, once again, in this uh, in this episode um, that we uh, have, and we have this segment that we call a moment in the word. Um, I don't have it up, but a scripture says there's a scripture that says um, the wicked flee, and no man follows. And what's going to happen in these last days is so many people um, that have turned to their wicked ways, uh, everyone following after their own ways, are going to be in so much fear of this happening and that happening, that they're going to be fleeing. They're going to be running. They're going to be uh, on the run. But the righteous are bold as a lion. We've got to stand in these uh, trying times like this um, as the grace of God leads us and sustains us. Thank you so much uh, for watching the Apostolic Conservative Show. Please keep Crystal and I in your prayers as we strive to do the will of God for our lives, knowing that no matter what happens, we're all in this together. And where we go one, we go all. And you can always find the original plan of salvation in your Bibles in the book of Acts the second chapter and the 38th verse. And I pray that the, the God of peace, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, will strengthen you and establish you in his word, that he will declare that your glory, uh, that the glory of the Lord would shine upon you, would overtake you uh, as you go about um, walking this walk of faith. It's praying. I am praying this in the name of Jesus. God bless you guys. We got a country uh, that we're trying to save to give others the opportunity to receive the good news of the gospel because everything else is vanity. What I do, what we're doing is to try to fight for our constitutional God-given rights so that others will have the opportunity if the Lord tarries to receive the good news. God bless you guys. We love you. We're going to get on out of here. In Jesus' name. I just put out a video about this, but I was wrong. Let me correct it. It's much worse. The Capitol Police decided that they were going to shut down a children's choir singing the full version of the Star Spangled Banner. They said it was an illegal protest. It could offend somebody and or cause other issues. Crazy part is that they were down to the last three words of the entire song. So what could they have done to get the whole entire thing shut down at the very end? At the very end of the song, the line reads, And this be our motto, and God is our trust. So what did they do? They repeated and enhanced, and God is our trust. And that's why it got shut down.
here's the real killer. It took the debt ceiling out to the January 1, 2025, a year longer than the Republican bill proposed. Here's a piece of information for your viewers. I just heard it tonight from the speaker in the conference. He said the reason that happened was his call. It wasn't even asked for by, by the Democrats. He didn't want to end up in another negotiation with Joe Biden next year because he believed that they would ask for more. That's what he said. I, that's, you understand that's a four trillion, maybe five or six trillion dollar increase in debt that we just let him have. And the speaker says he made the call. Well, that's why the, the starting point in this negotiation, which Speaker McCarthy insisted on, was that we would postpone facing this again at least until the end of next year. Yeah. So uh, we were in conference the other day and Kevin admitted that he was the one that made that call. And he said he made that call because he thought we might be in a weaker position as a party uh, next year. It was Kevin McCarthy all the way. He told us that personally in conference. McCarthy did this because the party would be weaker a year from now. Remember, let's go back to the original deal, $1.5 trillion and or, you know, March, April, May, whenever the deal got done, one year. So he's saying in May, let me wait, let me think this through, let's think this through together. In May of 2024, the party's gonna be weaker. Well, how can the party be weaker? Let me think about that. We got the leverage. So let me think, let me th oh, that's right. It's the end of the primary. I told you this was 100% to take the leverage away from Donald J. Trump. The party will be weaker because Trump will be the nominee. They just gave Joe Biden a clean debt ceiling. It's quite clear what happened now, and McCarthy has got to go. And Kevin McCarthy, just understand this. You're going to go. You might not go tomorrow, but you're going to go. You cannot govern. We're not chasing Chris Ray today, and we're not going to chase J6. They're going to happen in the time they happen. And Ecclesiastes, there's a season for everything and a time for everything. This is not the time for that. This is the time for saving the country financially and economically, and we're not going to let bad, stupid, evil people like McCarthy and that group of hacks around him sell this nation out on your money. You're heard on that audio saying that you've, quote, had enough with President Trump and that you would tell him to his face, it would be your belief that he should resign. Do you still stand by those comments? Look, I never told the president to resign. It was a conversation that we had about scenarios going forward. We came together as a team in 2015. We put together an agenda. We are executing that agenda. We're getting it done. When the New York Times, Congressman Burchett, when the New York Times this afternoon, which you think would be celebratory with what Biden pulled off and what Hakeem Jeffries pulled off, is actually a warning. I mean, they said this bill does nothing to address spending. And they start off with the $50 trillion in, in 10 years. Uh, it's a real warning. Um, we're, we're 100 days away. We're going to have a clash at the end of this fiscal year, September 30th. It's coming. And that is going to be the same thing. They say, oh, they're going to make some cuts in appropriations, but you're going to have this whole thing about a CR. They're talking about, by the way, the, the, the bill that passed with the, it's going to have the $7 trillion and $6.8 trillion in spending and the $4, four trillion over the next two years in deficit minimum. They're already talking about supplements, talking about a defense supplement, talking about a supplement for Ukraine, talking about maybe some emergency supplements. The supplements are going to come. There's, there's, it's the spending's unbound right now. Do you feel confident? that leadership dealt straight with you and more importantly with the folks in your district 
uh, that could lead a tough fight that you're going to need at the end of this fiscal year so that we stop the madness of the omnibuses and the CRs. Because I'm telling this audience, that is hurtling down, uh, you know, and I'd love the regular order they're doing appropriations, but the CR omnibus madness is going to overwhelm us unless you have tough, focused leadership, sir. I believe they understand it fully. They do not trust government. They do not at this point. A lot of my folks don't trust either party. I was in a, a county and over in Middle Tennessee. I was asked to speak at a Reagan Day dinner last night. In, um, in White County, and they, um, it's over near uh, upon the Pla- Cumberland Plateau, just a little bit outside of Alvin York country, as they call it. And uh, that was about the number one question. They say, why are we doing what we're doing if this is what we're going to get? And I honestly didn't have a good answer for them other than to say, well, your congressman, um, Congressman Rose and myself, we both voted against it, as did the majority of the Tennessee congressional delegation, but I just think we're, we're in a mess. We are in a mess. Um, we, we have no clear answer for this. We, and if you break it just down to the simple things like, um, you know, the folks that are on, we, we're increasing the number of people on food stamps. Um, we got 32 trillion in debt. If we'd have just gone back to fiscal spending Prior to COVID, and I've stated this many times, I was on like one of these Scripps Howard things. I always go on these liberal sites. You know, the Bible talks about casting your pearls among the swine. I guess I was. So I was, during the chaos asked, or serious crisis of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Biden felt the timing was oh so perfect to announce a new executive order on cryptocurrencies. Now, some would say the timing here was weird. But you and I know the exact timing on this is exactly what they wanted. The end of the executive order is what's most interesting. It says, quote, explore a U.S. central bank digital currency, CBDC, by placing urgency on research and development of a potential United States CBDC should issuance be deemed in national interest. Now, Biden can't force the Fed to start implementing a digital dollar, but he can urge them into action by declaring it a priority. Uh Uh-huh. This is what he's announcing. He's also trying to make it appear as if this is something new, as if the Fed hasn't already been working on it, and our Treasury Department. Spoiler alert, it's almost already here and done. Biden requested progress report within the next six months. That means we could see something major by as early as September. If they're already doing behind the scenes work, uh, you know, as Biden says, it's uh, it's going to be scary because there already has been a lot of work. We've got it all ready to roll out. Let me show you a collaborative effort between the Boston Fed and MIT. They have already claimed to have created the code for the U.S. digital dollar. It's called Project Hamilton. It's out in the open. The name is significant as Hamilton was the first to advocate for a central bank. Make no mistake, the digital dollar is all about centralization and control. That's why they say in these projects, why they say we can't use blockchain. Because we need to be able to see it's the opposite of what digital currencies like Bitcoin were created for. 
Keep in mind, Biden's executive order a couple of weeks ago asked the Fed to solve the digital dollar puzzle. But the Fed has already announced they've solved it. You can go to their website and even collaborate on code writing. The entire 35-page white paper is published online. So, what did they come up with? It's exactly what we feared it would be. Blockchain makes Bitcoin a juggernaut in privacy and decentralization, but the new digital dollar doesn't use blockchain. The Hamilton system, controlled by the Fed, verifies all transactions. There would be a record of everything you spend your money on. Okay. There'd be no privacy. Okay. And the Fed is your banker. There would also be no auditing of what the Fed does with the money. They could generate $10 trillion and give it to Hunter Biden and no one would ever know. Well, there would be a rush on hookers and cocaine, so we might figure that one out. Financial experts are already screaming that this will be the end of the banking system. If you've already tried to decouple from the large banks and gone to local small banks and credit unions, the digital dollar will destroy them. Now, with that said, also the big banks. But who cares? Because the big banks just have fancy names like Bank of America. They're all owned by the Fed. It's one group. This audience helped tank the appointment of Biden's uh, secretary of tre- or her, uh, his treasury pick, uh, Saul Almorova. She had written papers on the need to end the banking system. She wanted to make the Fed the issuer of all bank loans. Well, if the Fed is your banker and small banks would die a painful death, uh, I, I guess that job could be done. We didn't know at the time. We the people were just okay. We were just quiet, sitting back. We were excited then when they started messing with us. No other choice but to step up.